Welcome to the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Martha. And our mission is to connect the past and the present Nikki Mom by celebrating our stories and what our babies have overcome. Whether your NICU journey was 50 years ago or whether you find yourself in the NICU today, we hope that this podcast reminds you that you are not alone. Hello, sisterhood, and welcome to the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. It's me, Martha, and also Ashley. <laughs> and today we're here to talk about two remarkable women, Cassie and Katie, who have a very unique friendship and also two sets of triplets between them. And that's is three that's six children total. Am I doing that math correctly? That's incredible. That Do you want to six? Yes, it was. <laughs> yes. Do you want to say hi, Katie? Hi, Cassie. Hi, I'm Cassie. I'm Katie. <laughs> um, they live in the same area, and you they have a unique friendship and have kind of connected and bonded over the fact that they each have um, the remarkable miracle of uh, three children in one pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about each of their pregnancies and then how they built that friendship, because I think we've all found in this Dear Nikki Mama community uh, that these friendships are what get us through it, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we got to meet you guys at our first event, and we instantly fell in love with the both of you and admiring your friendship afar from on Facebook. So. Yes, 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 yes. In a very non-creepy, non-creepy way. way. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So, Cassie, if you want to start off by explaining uh, your path to to children in general, your pregnancy story a little bit. Absolutely. I'd love to. And first, I just want to say you guys have created such an amazing venue and area for women to just come together and share. And it's truly something that I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, my, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. So it's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. So. Um, as far as my journey, um, it kind of started, we, um, had some infertility probably for about two years and we're seeing, um, specialists for that. Once we finally got to a point, um, where, uh, we were going to have the kids, they were like, okay, um, you have about a 5% chance of having twins if we go about this round or 2% for triplets. And my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, What's 5%? So, yeah. And this is IVF um, or IUI? IUI. Okay. Yep. And so we um, gave that a go and we were able actually to test on Christmas Mm -hmm. of December 2013. Oh my gosh. And so um, I woke up really early and it was positive. And so I was like, okay, well, we have to tell the family. So I was like, okay, I got it. You know, what is Pinterest? Like a bun in the oven. Here <laughs> I go. Couldn't find, couldn't find a bun. Remembering it's Christmas morning, and there was a one jar of Prego. So I immediately grabbed that, stuffed it in a bag, and um, long story short, they opened it up and nobody got it. I was like, we have to read the bottle out loud and Prego, and everybody starts crying. And um, then my dad goes, wait a minute, it says three cheese, and I was like. Dad, I have no idea. I just have a positive pregnancy test. So, <laughs> needless to say, I still have the bottle of Prego 3 cheese. Oh, my God. So, yeah. And so then at about six weeks, and I'd never seen, I don't know what I'm looking at at an ultrasound, mm-hmm. and there's three dots. So, oh that's gosh. when we knew there's three. So, um, from there, we had lots of doctor appointments and everything, and knowing that we're going to have some sort of NICU 
um, journey, not knowing how long. Um, but then at about 23 weeks, I started dilating. Um, just went in and you're dilating. So I was life flighted to Minneapolis. That was another um, interesting journey mm-hmm. to be on an airplane, mm-hmm. pregnant. So private jet, <laughs> per se. <laughs> right? You so, are Beyonce. Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, so needless to say, they arrived at 26 and 2, each weighing about 2 pounds, which um, they were just blown away at their size at that gestation. So um, we ended up with a, um, they came home in birth order, ABC, um, 88 days, 103, and 120 days. So, wow. yes, um, long, and um, yeah, here we are. And we should add to you're a nurse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what what's what's specialty? What area do you practice? Um, at the time, I was in the float pool, so I kind of mm-hmm. went everywhere, everywhere but NICU. That always kind of scared me. I was like, ooh, I don't, I don't want to those mm-hmm. little babies and by the time I left the NICU I was like okay I could work here so yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's interesting I mean you have a whole background in it too right. so when you first heard no no it's there's three right uh what was your reaction uh we were pretty speechless for a while we just kind of yeah. walked around looking at the ultrasound like okay let's count again did they get it right <laughs> Um, and so having that medical background, I knew that we would have some sort of NICU journey. And, um, so I was somewhat prepared mentally for that. Um, Mm -hmm. but not all the bumps, of course. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So what was it like for you to, um, you know, go through infertility for a couple of years, get Mm -hmm. pregnant and then have a high risk pregnancy? How was that for you emotionally or just how did you process that? Right. I mean, I was just so excited that I was pregnant and then to add that extra layer you almost um very cautious every step of the way because you're like okay I have three but then they tell you okay this is really high risk you could lose one it's still super early so just kind of on edge the whole time Mm -hmm. until they're there Mm -hmm. because you just don't you just don't know yeah right for sure so were you airflated to the cities because your local hospital wanted you to be around certain specialists to handle triplets, or what was the reason? Um, so I was about 25 weeks, and the NICU where I was at was full. And so oh. the neonatologist came into the room and said, um, if you were delivered, I don't have enough. So you weren't mentally preparing to have to be airflated? No. That was not a part of your birth plan to nope. have to go to a different hospital? Not even in the slightest. Um, they gave me about five minutes to decide where to go. And I'm originally from the Minneapolis area, and my doctor at the time said, this is where I did my residency. The physician taking patients right now is the one I did my residency with. That's where you're going. And I was like, okay, here we go. (laughs) So, And it was really a blessing because if we would have gone to the next nearest NICU, they wouldn't have been able to take care of the surgeries Mm -hmm. that our babies needed, so they would have been separated. So Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we were in Minneapolis and you were close to family right exactly and so I was able to stay at my parents for that 120 days Mm -hmm. and just drive back and forth so yes wow wow I have so many questions I know (laughs) but I I kind of feel like maybe we should 
check in with Katie Stewart because so many of them, I think I'd love to hear both of their responses yeah. too, mm-hmm. if that's okay. Yes. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're going to come back to Cassie's story because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot there's to digest lot. that. You did a, such a beautiful job. And I think that's such a NICU mom thing to be like, oh, yeah, like we're in the hospital for oh, like 80 days. <laughs> and, you know, like they were fine and like they were intubated, whatever. But, you know, you just get so used to talking about the mm-hmm. clinical experience of what happened. Um, so I definitely want to touch on things, but Katie, if you want to talk to us about your story a little bit. Yeah, it's funny. Our stories are very different for sure. Um, we were not going to have kids, my husband and I, we were told that it would be hard for us. We have a lot of family and friends that went through a lot of fertility and we just decided from day one that that just, it wasn't going to be a thing for us. We just mentally just didn't want to go through that Mm -hmm. so um if we were able to have a kid that would be great we were only going to do it one time we built a smaller house just in preparation that if we had a kid it would only be one so we were very surprised um to find out I took a pregnancy test the day after Thanksgiving of last year so I'll back up I have six month old boy boy girl triplets mm-hmm. cassie's our five-year-old girl boy boy oh my God. we always name them they always name them in the order the abc yeah. order so um a year ago i took a pregnancy test the day after thanksgiving um found out i was pregnant about a week or two later kind of started some bleeding uh called our hospital they couldn't get me in oh. so went to a clinic um, of a physician that I knew. She took my HCG levels. So with HC, HCG levels, you have to take them, then you have to take them again the next day to make sure that they're increasing, doubling, tripling, whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so did that on a Thursday. Um, she sent me to a private practice mm-hmm. on Friday and didn't exactly tell me why she didn't want to do my levels the next day. We found out later because my levels were so crazy high that she knew that something was happening. Um, So Friday, um, they took my levels again. The doctor came in and said, well, you're definitely still pregnant. Um, Doctors don't normally do ultrasounds, but let's do one real quick just to see what's going on in there. Again, she hadn't told me how crazy high my levels were. So she did an ultrasound and said, okay, well, this makes sense. And I'm by myself because my husband, you know, we were just going to check some levels and it was either going to be still pregnant or not pregnant. Um, she did an ultrasound. She goes, oh, that makes sense. There's, look, there's two. Oh. Like, oh. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I called my husband, like, what are we going to do with two babies? Oh my like, gosh. we're only maybe supposed to have one. And he's like, this is great. This is going to be so wonderful. Oh, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, this is not the answer I want. So this was a Friday. And then we had our first official ultrasound on Wednesday. And at this point, found out I was six, six or seven weeks, which is about when you had your first one, too. Um, and the ultrasound... Um, tech, he was like, oh, that's interesting. And my husband's like, yeah, we know there's two. He goes, hmm, how good's your math? Oh, my gosh. I was like, well, I'm a financial advisor, so I feel like it's pretty good. And he's like, well, check out the screen there. I go, well, that looks like it's three. Oh, my god! And he just smiled and shook his head at us. 
And I go, are you effing kidding me right now? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And my husband, just one big smile staring at the screen and was like, this is amazing. I'm like, this is not what I'm thinking right away. But. So that's kind of how it started. We had 26 ultrasounds because you're high risk yeah. from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of just moved along every week. This is what we did. We checked levels. We had one little guy that started to grow a little bit less than the other two. Um, found out later his umbilical cord was tied in a knot. They found that out when we delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, but 32 weeks, they say, is full term for triplets. Yeah. And we made it 31 and 2. Wow. We're wow. super grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, knew that we would have a NICU stay. Didn't know what it would look like and you never know how it's going to feel everyone can tell you what it's you know that you'll probably be there until they're technically 40 weeks is what we were told which is about how long our kids stayed but you just don't know how it's going to feel we were lucky enough that we have three good friends that are NICU nurses in the town where we delivered which is where we live Um, they asked to be called in on the day that we were going to deliver which was Memorial Day, so they have a smaller staff. So they had to call in 26 people. Oh, my gosh. Um, for our delivery. Um, and our friends were actually the lead nurses on each of our babies. Wow. And oh, still so come to our house and, like, come and hang out with oh the kids. Gosh. So, yeah, I'm sure it's that made cool. you feel so much more at peace to deliver, knowing that your friends were the ones mm-hmm. helping with your babies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also the, there were 20... Eight people in our delivery, <laughs> and I'm laying there naked. <laughs> All these friends are in there too, so they yeah. can't even see that. Yeah. But, but yes, it, it's oh been pretty. Gosh. That part was pretty cool, and yeah. something that you know you just we can't ever get that again. Most people don't get mm-hmm. kind of that reassurance that yes, yeah. there's people that you know and love in the delivery room with you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. That's amazing. And how long were each of your your kiddo stays? Mine were fifty three and fifty four days. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So amazing what just a few weeks does to like the length oh. of your NICU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Like just a like, week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A it's crazy. I think it's like every day in the womb is three less days in the NICU. Oh wow. So I like had a yeah. calendar on my door in in the hospital. One yeah. more day. Yeah. Yeah. She used to, and we'll probably get into all that, but every week she'd be like, one week down, like, this yeah. is great. Oh, my god. this much closer. And yeah. you don't truly understand how big that is until you go through it. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I didn't know how big of a deal it was for somebody to be, like, texting and knowing that they were thinking about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now as I have friends that are pregnant, you know, I'm trying to be that advocate for them because that was huge. Just, yes, it's huge to us. Thank you for making it huge to you, too. Yeah, that's such a good point. And let's talk about how you two met Um, because you live in a relatively small community. I mean, how big is Grand Forks, East Grand Forks, Twin Cities? 60... 60, 70,000. Yep. Yeah. So I think to have two sets of triplets yeah. around the same time in a, you know, population that's small is like you mentioned earlier, we were talking before everyone was like, have you met, you know, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So is, is that kind of how it happened? Um, yeah, we have a lot of mutual friends yep. and we had met probably three, four years ago 
um, because of a Bunko group. Bunko. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We admit it. Yep. Yeah. So we met at that point, and I remember one of my good friends and coworkers saying, oh, there's this is my friend Cassie. She has triplets. And I was like, wow. <laughs> but your life is crazy. And then I never thought about it again. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well... <laughs> Think about it all yeah. the time now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just mutual friends introduced us. Um, people that I didn't know that you knew right. would say, oh, have you met Cassie? Have you, you know, yeah. they just kind of force us on a blind date type of deal. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. been the best thing. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So then, you know, I'd get messages. Hey, did you hear someone's pregnant with triplets mm-hmm. and then my coworker too um does crossfit as well and she's like you have to get in touch and so then we're like yeah. okay have you been hearing all <laughs> yeah, this exactly. like okay i guess we have to Should get together should we meet together. up like <laughs> let's just do this yeah like this is like a dating show. I know. <laughs> Seriously. there should be like a tinder for like parents of multiples for like, real. Right? There right? should yeah. be. Yeah. so now I, I kind of want to think about, you know, hear from both of you about what you knew about or what you imagined life with multiples and triplets would be like what it, and what the pregnancy experience was like. Because I know you both talked about, okay, you're high risk from day one. So that right. doesn't mean you can enjoy pregnancy in a carefree way that you right. might normally have before. Mm-hmm. Well, I think my first mistake was I Googled triplet pregnancy and I was like, oh, oh wow. Like these women, like like the world record for like biggest belly and I was like so this is gonna be me um and I should say these women have both have very petite frames yes. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean yeah so I was like okay all right we can do this and I mean by like 10 weeks I was in pregnancy jeans and you I mean you had to tell people because you're just growing so quickly wow. um but I actually loved being pregnant I always wanted to have like multiple kids and the thought of having a pregnant belly just I loved everything about it I was never actually sick um and so that was great and I was just hungry all the time <laughs> when you have three that right that would be oh so gosh. um at one point someone had told me that I should be eating 4,000 calories a day and oh I was like this gosh. this like isn't possible and not like donuts and and cake like good nutrient yeah Yeah, absolutely so I started drinking uh, protein shakes like twice a day and truthfully I think that's why my three came out at two pounds just all the protein that I ate but yeah I loved being pregnant I never really had any Mm -hmm. any side effects sure Mm -hmm. yeah did you have to go on bed rest yeah, I modified at about 20 weeks. Okay. So I was still working 12-hour shifts oh up until then. So probably if I went back, I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I wasn't really sick either. Yeah. And I drink a ton of protein shakes because you can <laughs> CrossFit. I do CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's protein shakes all the yes. time, guys. Yes. She's but. like highly ranked. Yeah. Google it. Yes. We should link in the show notes yeah. a picture of you <laughs> with the hashtag Mongols. Yeah. Seriously. Swipe right. I literally was like looking at your picture the other day and I was eating chocolate covered pretzels in bed and I was like, um, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do you. You got to yeah. do yeah. Yeah. But, and I know you, I've heard you talk about this before, um, 
the feeling of high-risk pregnancy for you, Katie, there, were, there was some anxiety with it, too, and some yeah. fear, and, too, with your, your, your spouse as well. Mm-hmm. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and I'm... This, you're probably referring to something I said at the event. Yeah, if, I don't if that's exactly okay. Remember, no, so, I don't remember what I said. Apparently, I'm a psycho and remember verbatim everything. <laughs> yeah, that's said. okay. We can, and you, if you don't feel comfortable with that, no, it's I'm that. I'm an open book here. So yeah, yeah from day uh, day one, you're high risk with multiples with triplets. Um, obviously, we weren't expecting that at all. I was expecting to see what all my other you know CrossFit moms or uh, other pregnant friends have been able to do is stay active and you know continue living that same lifestyle that they were until the baby comes and then you have a baby and then you get to walk around Target with them in a mm-hmm, cart mm-hmm. and just get to do all the as we say normal things yeah. um, and I truth truth be told was not excited from day one I was literally felt like Everything that I knew and loved to do, I couldn't do from day one. So that really, it stressed me out more than thinking about having three kids. Yeah. Um, it gave me a ton of anxiety. My stress relief is going to the gym and, um, you know, being productive at work and, the, and those different pieces. And for a short time there, I couldn't do those things and um, really just that weighed me down mm-hmm. for probably a couple of months. Thankfully, my husband is was just right there saying, hey, this is temporary. You, you know, mm-hmm. things will, they won't go back to where they were, but they'll, we'll have a new normal and it'll, it'll get better. So yeah. yes, from, from the start, I will be honest, was not excited. Yeah. At all. I think it's incredible. First of all, I thank you for being so open about mm-hmm. it because that's mm-hmm. such an important message for moms to hear that there's not one single way to feel about pregnancy. And I imagine too, because you both have triplets, everyone's like, you both have triplets. You're the same in every way. <laughs> yeah. And like one time I saw a special on Oprah about triplets and this is what happened, right? Yeah. So that mm-hmm. happens to you all the time. So I I, um, I can see now there's so many differences. It's just as unique as any other pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the other really cool thing about our pregnancy is, so we both have two boys and a girl, mm-hmm. and their birthdays are four days apart mm-hmm. in the calendar. So they're roughly about five years apart. Wow. So, That's amazing. Yeah. Um, we get to buy all of their, like, stuff that they've yeah, done using coats, boots, because we're all within the same season. season. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's amazing. I um it's I love how you mentioned like this idea of motherhood of like go- going to Target with your, your baby yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, like that reality wasn't quite your reality. And you right. had to like learn a whole new way of motherhood. So had you, Cassie, known anybody that had had multiples in your life or no I mean it doesn't run in our family Uh, I didn't really know anybody so I just started googling groups and trying to find some people to talk to Mm -hmm. buying books that didn't really help me Um, (laughs) I needed to talk to people that actually had been there so along the way I had connected with a couple um who actually has around the same age triplets so that was nice um and really on a Facebook group of triplets that were born in the same year. So that mm-hmm. really was my life link. 
So, yeah. Uh, So we've heard a little bit about Katie's delivery story, but I'd love to hear from both of you about what that's like because it's it create it's a huge team and there's a lot of strategic planning that goes into it. Um, I mean, honestly, from day one, I mean, the hospitals have to be notified. I'm assuming you have to understand what the NICU's capabilities of in your have area. Room yeah, have right. room to have exactly. them. So could you talk a little bit about your delivery experiences? And I know there are different gestational ages. And Cassie, right. you had to be life-flighted. So right. w- what was that like for both of you? Cassie, you want to start? Yeah, sure. So I had been in and out of the hospital. They had sent me home to my parents' house. Like I said, they lived about 20 miles away. And um, I got to a point where I was starting to time contractions so I called and they're like yeah you better come in and you know I'm looking like I'm ready to deliver at 25 26 I was measuring about 40 anyway and these these women that are like oh are you gonna deliver and I'm thinking oh I hope not so anyway at that point I was dilated to a three and they're like you're staying here until you deliver so I had gone into labor a couple times they had stopped it with meds Mm -hmm. and then it was kind of like a joke with the nurses that we're gonna get you to June like no big deal. If not, my dad was going to bake him cookies and all this this kind of thing. So it was May 31st, and my birthday's in June. So I was like, well, that'd be, that'd be awesome if we could make it to June so the, our, the babies could share birthday month with me. Um, and at about, like, 9.30, um, I was like, okay, I think my water might have broke. I'm not really sure. And they were like, false alarm. And I was like, no, like, I'm thinking, you know, this is happening and the doctor came in and she's like yes I feel ahead and from there it was I was rushed out of the room I was wearing my husband's dirty t-shirt I mean let's be real that's the only thing that yeah that's the only thing that fits so um there's really no time they didn't know if I they needed to put me under general um thankfully they they didn't have to um but it was um you know, they rushed me in there. It was like they were waiting. It was so awesome. Like Katie said, there's 20, 30 people in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the best part of my story is that the nurse grabbed my hand. She's like, do you want to pray before? Mm-hmm. I mean, I honestly didn't know, you know, if they were going to c- come out alive at that point. So I just thought that was amazing working in an, as a nurse myself, like that she would um, do that with me. So that was truly um, an amazing part. And then, you know, they, it was obviously a C-section and they're like, okay, baby A is out and my husband would stand and the only thing he would say is they're really small. You know, there's no crying, so it's like, okay, baby mm-hmm. out, silence. Mm-hmm. And then it was another minute and second baby's out. And so it was very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quick. And I just remember in recovery, because I had had an ultrasound a couple days prior and they're like, okay, they're all measuring about a pound. So... And then when we got in recovery, the doctor comes running in and she's like, they're all over two pounds. Mm, and I'm like, my oh gosh. my goodness, like they're little chunkers. Yeah. <laughs> and we should add, that's really, that's a, a really good birth weight for a baby at 26, two, right. like said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my son was born at 25 and he was a pound and a half. I mean, yeah. that's the difference. It's, right. It's, that's really amazing. So I couldn't believe it myself. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of. Wow. Kind of the story. Yeah. And was Jeremy in the cities with you the whole time? Um, he had stayed there. And so um, the funny story is he kind of almost missed it too. Because, um, you know, we had been sitting in the hospital forever. I'm like, you know, go out with your friends, you know, go to dinner, like get off this like plastic couch, like, you know. Yeah. 
walk around. And so, um, yeah, it was, um, he was there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you kind sure. of shared a little bit, but maybe share your birth story too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we were trucking along. We ended up delivering at 31 and two, um, for, I was on bed rest for one week. That's it. I worked up until one week before. Uh, we had Dopplers like every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, my platelet levels were starting to really drop, and that's what we were waiting for. Is I would do labs every other day. Once it got below 100,000, 100, that's when they were just going to take the babies. I had, we were far enough along that it we felt like it would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really, that's what happened every day for one week. We went into an appointment, whether it was an ultrasound, a Doppler to get labs, whatever we'd have our bag packed mm-hmm. thinking that maybe we're not coming home that mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. So that happened for one week. And then finally on Memorial day when nobody's working, right? <laughs> um, my platelet levels dropped to 98 mm-hmm. and the doctor came in and, um, we had to go up to the hospital because everything else was closed. We couldn't just go to the clinics. We were already at the hospital. And he said, well, we're going to have some babies today. <laughs> he goes, uh, did you eat this morning? I'm like, yeah, of course I ate before I came <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. Duh. And he goes, well, we'll just have to wait. And that's fine because we have to call in all this staff yeah. anyways. Yeah. Um, so we had our babies at five five nineteen and 520. They were born 45 seconds apart. Wow. Um, I had a C-section. My husband was there. He stood up and watched everything. Um, baby A came out screaming, mm-hmm. which is different and awesome. Um, baby A's boy. Um, baby B is a boy, which all along she had been a girl. So I was like listening to make sure <laughs> that baby C was a girl. And I didn't just have three boys. And they were telling me that the whole time. <laughs> Um, and then they were whisked away and, you know, an hour, two hours later, I got to go in the NICU and they wheel you in the NICU and you stop at this isolate and I don't remember any of this. I've seen pictures. I was so, um, amped up on magnesium and all the things, right? All the steroid shots. We were able to have those, um, to develop their lungs a little further. So stopped at one isolate, stopped at the next isolate, stopped at the next one. We took up a whole wall of the NICU mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then just kind of recovered from there. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. You two are so incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love hearing the birth stories from the NICU because they're all so different mm-hmm. and people pick out them these specific memories. Um, so you went from both having high-risk pregnancies to then immediately, like, that's a huge thing to overcome. Mm-hmm. And you got to the point where the babies are alive. You got them to the point they needed to be. So then you're transitioning into NICU life for three different babies mm-hmm. with three different journeys and three different needs. Can you yeah. talk about what that was like for you and maybe what you wish you had known at the beginning? Right. So um, same with, with Katie. I They wheeled me in there and I just took one look and that was it. I, okay. I'm just exhausted, and I, I'm. I know they're in good hands. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think I was in the hospital for maybe like five days. I ended up having a lot of pain. It was emergent, so mm-hmm. um, I didn't realize how much you use those muscles. And uh-huh. wow! And then trying mm-hmm. to stand at isolates and all oh, that. Well, so yeah, something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the for me knowing the medical language and understanding what all those numbers mean was very helpful um also scary at the same time because you also understand it on another level mm-hmm. a lot of the times um, my husband would turn to me and be like okay and he that means what <laughs> and so um that, that I'm grateful that I had that knowledge as well mm-hmm. um and you know just every day we we hoped for boring I mean I started a caring bridge and that was like my my word I was like Boring days are great days. So um, the um, day I got home and discharged, you know, I was still obviously at my parents. I literally sat down on the couch and the phone rang and it was the hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, that ringtone will still, I can't have that ringtone anymore. Um, and he said, you need to get to the hospital. We just took your son to emergency surgery. He won't be in the room when you get here, but mm-hmm. just just get here when you can. And so... Um, they had found a ball perf um, from sticking a pick line in. So he, we were very thankful that they had gotten that x-ray. Otherwise, who knows what mm-hmm. the outcome would have been. So um, then that was very scary. So lots of up and downs. Um, we ended up with a total of five surgeries. Um, and thankfully, we brought them home in birth order so that was kind of fun because I still put them in birth order for all the pictures if you ask their kids they know yes. Cora knows that she's baby A yes. she will tell you that's cute yeah. yeah. oh yeah for sure um, so you know it, got, it definitely got long um, but um, yeah didn't come home with oxygen. Yeah, come home with. Anything. We um, our baby C was on oxygen for a hundred days, but other than that, um, after they you know had their little bumps of NICU journey, and you know they tell you those first seventy two hours are kind of like the honeymoon phase, so to prepare mm-hmm. us that they're going to do really well, and then they might come mm-hmm. a little bit crashing down, um, and so that kind of happened with Cole and his his ball perf, but. Um, yeah, came home with um, no oxygen. We were on um, monitors, heart monitors for a little bit. But other than that, um, the boys were also diagnosed with congenital hypothyroidism while they were in the NICU. Um, so um, they had, they've been on Synthroid since they were three weeks old in sure, there. So. Sure. so your kiddos had really varying NICU stay lengths. Right. Uh, too. And it sounds like they had different journeys and, you know, some with emergency surgeries, some not. So a two-parter question, how did you, did the did the staff understand and, and treat them all differently? Did they, were they really good about that? Did you, how did you advocate differently for your three kids? Right. So thankfully we had primary nurses that were with them, you know, majority of the time. And honestly, I think that's what, how they caught some of the issues because in those NICU babies, they change like in an instant. And so, um, I'm just so thankful for each and each one of those nurses. Um, and you know, uh, one of ours ended up getting a TPN infiltrate in his leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and coming from a nursing background, I 
you know, wasn't okay with the IV being there in the first place. And so that nurse, you know, came on that shift and was like, there is something wrong. And so um, she was able to find that. And thankfully, we were able to save his foot because it was starting to kind of turn black at that point. Oh, my gosh. Um, Right. And so we still have a special bond with her and we're able to see her for the first time since coming out of the NICU this summer. And that was the first thing she wanted to see. Like, can I see Cole's foot? And she's like, I, um, right. She's like, every time I train somebody in, I tell them about you. Mm -hmm. And so um, it changed me as a nurse too, just Mm -hmm. seeing um, that work through another lens and Mm -hmm. what it is like for families to be on the other side of the bed. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So that's really incredible. Yeah. And for you, Katie, that transition for to NICU life. I mean, what was it like for you? You were in a um, a smaller NICU mm-hmm. too. You know, you weren't at the University of Minnesota Large mm-hmm. University Research Hospital, um, but you knew who your NICU staff was. You were mm-hmm. close with them. Yeah, we actually. Uh, so the staff in Fargo here were kind of trying to get us to doctor here mm-hmm. and and come here versus where we live in Grand Forks. And um, we just like the smaller NICU. Mm-hmm. Our, the neonatologist in our smaller hospital actually met with us three times before we even had mm-hmm. the babies mm-hmm. and said, okay, here's kind of how it's going to go. Yeah. We want you guys to be a part of this. Again, everybody that's listening probably knows that, okay, maybe if you – you knew that you were going to be in the NICU. It doesn't prepare you mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the feelings of actually being in the NICU. And it doesn't prepare you for getting discharged from the hospital and not going home to your kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, I knew our kids would be in the NICU, but we have a 15-minute drive home because mm-hmm. we just live a little bit north of town. And it was the worst 15 minutes of my whole life. Mm-hmm. And to walk back right. into our house. Like, yeah. I, you knew it. You knew right. it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that was that was the absolute worst. Um, and then we had our ups and downs in the NICU too. And mm-hmm. like I, we did know the staff, and we got to know a ton more staff that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, our friends that were the leads on the babies, they would they'd be the primary if they were working. They had our kids, yeah. which felt amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the staff at our hospital made scrapbook pages. They made mm-hmm. little half cards of today my goal is to you know eat this many meals or Mm -hmm. get off my CPAP or Mm -hmm. you know things like that and they would do little photo shoots with our kids in the night and they'd send us pictures (laughs) and that just made it so much better like we Mm -hmm. still randomly will go up there and like bring treats to the staff because they were just amazing and that's because we were in that smaller Mm -hmm. environment we were Basically, the NICU is one big open room, mm-hmm. um, so got to know other families, and that helped us a lot with just being able to talk talk mm-hmm. things through. And you know, eventually, you're the veteran in the <laughs> right. in the NICU, right? Mm-hmm. To just be able to you know maybe be that person for somebody else too, and just say, mm-hmm. "Hey, it gets better." Yeah. Like we were there too, and now we're here. We were mm-hmm. in these isolates, and now look, they're in the crib, and it'll happen. Yeah. You just have to deal with it day day by day. So. I remember the phone calls. I can tell you the exact phone number of exactly. the hospital. Yeah. When it yeah. pops up, you're like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think another thing for me was that um, at our NICU, we had the cameras in there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. NICU view, I think it was called. And so that helped tremendously because uh, my husband couldn't stay in the cities. Mm-hmm. You know, he was there maybe for two weeks after they were born. So he was able to log on to that when he was working during the week. He'd come on the weekend. So it was basically me in the NICU all week long. Mm-hmm. Um, I had family that would come up there with me, but really I kind of just had to battle it kind of by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, from afar I had support. So, But that NICU view was huge. I could log on to that and look at my babies while I was pumping in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So that was really awesome. Or if my husband wanted to watch me do kangaroo care with mm-hmm. one or give a bath, you could set up the, mm-hmm. the screen mm-hmm. so they could watch that. So I... Really, really liked that. And the nurses were cute, and they'd put little signs in there because they knew we'd be looking at Yeah, that's so so cute. Oh, my gosh. This is maybe a dumb question, but I've seen, like, on Facebook or on different blogs, like, because twins and multiples, like, they spend so much time together in the womb, and then they're kind of, like, separated slightly in their own isolates or cribs, Mm -hmm. like... Do the NICUs, did they do anything to, like, have them be together? Or was it, like, not until they got home that they really, like, were close to each other? Um, For us, we, when they were one month old in the NICU, um, we were able to put them together. Oh, wow. Um, It wasn't for very long, but we did. And then I think it wasn't for, like, 70 or 80 days till I held two together when they were in the same room. Sure. So. Wow. Yeah. How does that, I mean, how do you break off, and maybe it just comes instinctually, right? Mm -hmm. But how do you parse your time and attention? I mean, it's... It's impossible because they have different needs, and I really good on assembly line. (laughs) Everybody lines up all the time (laughs) in birth order. Yeah, (laughs) but I mean, even the NICU—they're they're they're in an intense care unit. They need attention. Mm -hmm. I and you're over. I mean, any NICU mom is overwhelmed by the sight of a Mm -hmm. baby there. But you have three individual lives, different courses. What did it take from you? What did you what? How did you mentally take that? Mm-hmm. Friends and family, yeah. truly for us. I mean, we were we were so lucky to be close to home that my in laws are here. Um, you know, my family would travel uh, to where we were, but our life still operates better if we have somebody else with us. Mm-hmm. So. Even from the day that we've been home from the NICU, my mom has stayed with us on and off since that day. Because think about nighttime. Mm -hmm. Think about when your kid wants to, you know, they're tired or they've had a long day and they're overtired and they're Mm -hmm. hungry. And Mm -hmm. so you feed them that last bottle and they just want to be held or they just want to be rocked. It is impossible Mm -hmm. to hold all of our kids at one time. And you always, we talked about this on the way here, that it... You always feel like someone's getting the shaft, yeah, and you have right. you have kids that have different needs, yep. and the ones that are maybe a little more sensitive or more vocal, mm-hmm. they get held more. Mm-hmm. And I've got one guy that's super chill, and yeah. he'll, he'll just hang out and he'll smile at you. I'll <laughs> be like, "Good job, Luca," and he'll just give me a big old grin. <laughs> but then you feel terrible because, yeah. oh my gosh, did I? hold him even close to the same amount as I held the other ones. Mm-hmm. It's a constant balance. And right now in our life with six-month-old triplets, right, yeah. our life just operates better 
with three people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And huge routine too. Huge. Even in the NICU, like mm-hmm. it was, this is when this one's eating and then I'm going to rotate through and I'm going to hold this one and then that one. Um, so you live by routine. Live by routine. Yeah. Don't mess up mama's routine. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so how did having this friendship, how did that change a Katie, how you moved through it? Mm-hmm. And then Cassie, how you reflected on your experience. Right. Um, yeah, I'm definitely getting the best end of the deal here. <laughs> Cause right. she went through everything and, you know, there's little pieces like a book that's called Triple Time that you nobody would ever know about that, right? <laughs> they don't even make it anymore. Right. You know, I tried to find it on Amazon and someone's trying to sell theirs for a hundred dollars. <laughs> it is it's literally just a notebook that you write down when they ate, how many ounces, when they oh went to the gosh. bathroom, when they got meds, when they napped, all of that. But you have to, you have to just yeah. organize yeah. and you know, Cassie gave me all these books that she was talking <laughs> about buying and yeah. Just advice to kind of move through these different pieces. I still text her all the time, and I'm like, we are all teething right now. (laughs) How do you get through this? And, you know, she'll say, these are some of the things that worked for us, and here's some things that didn't. And just having somebody so you don't feel like you're on an island because nobody has a clue what your life is like. I don't care if you have two and then you had one really close (laughs) to that one. It's It's not. It's not the same. Mm -hmm. Right. And just being able to share with somebody I think has been great. And she knows exactly what I've been through. And having that tangible friendship, like you can talk to people online, which I think is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But knowing someone close by is is just different. And. It's funny that you mentioned the triplet time because I found mine and I just can't throw it away. Like, I wrote down every single time they went to the bathroom. And even when you go to the doctor, it's like, oh, have they done this? And you're like, I don't know. I got to check my book. (laughs) Because it's so hard to remember each. It's like their baby book. Right. We wrote down, you know, had their first bit of rice cereal. Right. And here you go. You guys are going to have to share this one book because I'm not doing three books. Right. Yeah. No way. Yeah. It's just little, little pieces like that. And we haven't. We haven't gotten all six of them together. Yeah. When I walked into her house before before we had the kids and just kind of were getting to know them. And when I walked in, Cassie was like, she's the one that also has three babies in her belly. Mm-hmm. And Cora was like, it's a girl and two boys just like us, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like you guys. So, yeah. so we have yeah. to get a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like your kids will be able to babysit your kids. Yeah. <laughs> right. That might, yeah. There we like, go. Yep. Next month. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah. I think it is just so remarkable how you articulated the fact that even though, yeah, people understand the general concept of stress, obviously, and the stress of new motherhood, the fact that you have, you have the same scenario. You both have three babies at the same time that were in the NICU, right? You just feel seen on a different level, I can mm-hmm. imagine, right. Right? right? And that's so awesome. Um, so I just, I mean, how would you encourage moms to, to reach out and find others like them? I mean, obviously, it was amazing that you're in, like, the same place. Yeah. But what other resources have you found that were helpful? Facebook groups, yep. for sure. Um, just... 
yeah, the Facebook groups, like I said, it's a whole year of whatever triplets are born in that year, and they're all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really helps because you can follow along, okay, how do you take three kids to a store? I mean, just these small things that yeah. nobody else would know how to do unless you went through it. And yeah. so I think how that... How do you do that? You don't? Um, yeah. You sweat. You <laughs> yeah. Sweat. Yeah, you sweat. Yeah. Mine don't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I think that has been huge and then knowing that since I found that community how can I reach out and show others how to do that anytime I have Mm -hmm. friends that are having multiples or I hear of another person having triplets I'll reach out to them and show them like hey here's some resources because you do feel kind of alone Mm -hmm. um, because there's only a small percentage that can relate so have you ever gotten like unwanted advice from people that just don't get it yeah. right right you just smile Ooh, yeah, yeah. throw them under the bus yeah Let's all the it. time oh, yeah. yeah do you know how many times i've heard well i have three really close in age yeah congratulations yeah it's no. not even close no. to the same no. are they all three teething at the same time right no yeah. okay great yeah, yeah. Oh see you later <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my great. gosh i i love to um Again, at the event, Katie, you shared just like how you counteract and deal with the comments about the triplets mm-hmm. because no matter where you go, people are going to be like, oh, your hands are foliar, mm-hmm. you know, and say <laughs> yeah. things like that. What, I mean, what do you say to people like that? And also, is that one of the harder parts of triplehood life? I don't know if that's a word, triplehood life. It's pretty cool. Well, yeah, pretty cool. we're just known as triplet moms. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. and anywhere you go, and I think it's, gotten a little better now that mine are five but they're like oh you're the triple mom I'm like yep and uh, my name's Cassie yeah yeah um so you just you know I think a lot of times people are just surprised and they don't know what to say so they just say what comes to their head like wow thank god that's not me you know and and so you hear things like that and you just you kind of have to brush it off because there's a lot of people gawkers and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's you not common that you see three infants in a target you know Mm -hmm. or strolling into a doctor appointment you just don't so I think Mm -hmm. people are just surprised you're right they don't know what to say the comments that uh, just roll out of people's mouths you know they immediately regret them they just are so baffled right just don't say anything yeah right yeah how about Oh, those are cute kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. You're doing really well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now I truly, and I was telling Katie this, I go out of my way if I see multiples out in the community, like, great job, you know, getting out of the house and mm-hmm. just giving them props because I know the other comments aren't that. So. Yeah. No. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you said, um, not to kind of break away from the hospital experience and the newborn experience, but you kind of said, like, and I have a name. And so that brings me to this idea of, like, it's not uncommon for a mom of one baby to kind of lose herself, if you will, into motherhood. Right. Let alone when you have three babies demanding you as mom and, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to be everything for them. But how have you made it a priority, both of you, to find yourself, to keep who you are? I know you talked about... Um, Katie, like in early pregnancy, feeling like those parts of yourself were kind of put on hold. Mm-hmm. Have you found those parts of yourself again? How do you? How have you guys found who you are as mothers, but also just as yourselves? Mm-hmm. I will credit hugely to the people around me 
that have let me, like I had kind of alluded to before, I was big into CrossFit and, you know, fitness and I own my own financial advising practice. Um, and those pieces are really who I based who I was on. Obviously, yes, I'm a wife and a daughter and a friend and all of those things, but those are the things that I could physically do for myself and for others to make myself feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mom and my mother-in-law and my husband and friends have been amazing to say, hey, you, like, do you need to go out into the gym for like an hour? (laughs) Just for my own mental health, that that's a huge part of who I am. Mm -hmm. So now I don't get to spend three hours at the gym. It's a quick you know, hour and I'm just super efficient at mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do, but it just makes me a better wife, mom, mm-hmm. business owner, all of that to, to do that. And I have to credit everybody else around me because there's, I can't bring three infants to the gym and it's, <laughs> it's hard to even just yeah. be home alone with three right. infants. Right. Mm-hmm. So even, you know, my mom or my mother-in-law will come over and let my husband and I go to the gym because they know that those are huge pieces for yeah. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's huge. I, at the beginning, had a hard time. Like, I was very to my routine, and I just didn't want to mess that up at all. And so I had I stayed home for the first 15 months um, just because – them being so small, um, they didn't really want them going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we ended up, um, you know, having someone come into the house to watch them. But um, just making myself go do things, I think, even if it's to like stroll the aisles at Target. Yeah, like that mm-hmm. is that it was is like therapy. <laughs> it is. It was relaxing, and people would see me, and I, I must have had like a really big smile on my face because they're like, "Wow!" Like no kids. I'm like, "Yep, I'm just gonna take an hour, and I don't care if there's anything in my cart." But yeah. Um, yeah. same with Katie. I really got into a lot of yoga practice, and just taking that time for myself to mm-hmm. do yeah. some of those things was. Really big. I think one other piece that we probably haven't like touched on for our own mental health is that we were able to have someone come to our house versus having right. to take the kids to daycare in like the flu RSV mm-hmm. season that we're in right now. Yeah, right. Um, we're super grateful to have a nanny come to us. Yeah. Also, daycare for three infants is impossible. Wow. <laughs> um, right. So just to have that peace of mind that our kids are at our house. There's less stress in the mornings. Right. They don't have to get dressed yeah. in a car seat, go out in the weather and, and everything like that. That's That's been really, really huge mm-hmm. for us as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you guys for, for doing that for yourself. Yeah, I you're think, so self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You really are. Especially, um, Katie, the fact that you weren't out of the NICU very long ago. You know, nope, that yeah. you have implemented and recognized that self-care within yourself. And you, Cassie, with your kids being five, that's a busy... I mean, if, is there any age with kids right. that isn't busy? But, mm-hmm. I mean, I just think it's amazing that you guys have made that a priority. And it truly does make you guys amazing women and moms. And I'm just so impressed. Yeah. I'm just obsessed with you guys. (laughs) Yeah, I am very obsessed. I'm going to add you guys to Oprah's favorite things list. Um, Organization. I was always, I felt like I was always organized. So I think that helped me block out time too. Like, okay, and have lists for who's ever watching them. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. 
So here's the routine. Yep. Don't mess it yep. up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I gotta say, I, I can tell from what you've shared, your personalities are like you before you had kids, you were structured, you mm-hmm. liked routine, you like so right. how I think it's like remarkable that this came to you for whatever reason, this this gift um, of having three babies at one time. Because it you it's almost like you're like these mom machines, like the Terminators <laughs> who are like right like you could rise up to the occasion, you know? I just think it's awesome. I think you just have to do what you have to do. Right. I'm yep. in I'm in survival mode right now. Yeah. She's in thriving mode right Ooh. now. So also five-year-old survival mode. Yeah, it's just yeah. different. Everybody, this is one thing that I shared a post about being a triplet mom a while ago. And, you know, everybody talks to us who will say, well, you know, my kid, you know, maybe they're teething or they didn't sleep very well at night. Oh, I can't say anything to you because your life right. is so much harder. Right. And we're like, Everybody has their own hard. Yeah. Yes, I have three that are teething, but maybe they're all up all night as well. It It is different. Our hearts are just different, but it's everybody has their own hard. Yeah. So that's one thing yeah. that I would say is difficult to kind of talk with other people about because they right, don't want to... Yeah, they don't want to, like, join our island. They feel... Yeah. <laughs> or, like, if they're going to say, oh, you know, one is sick, and then they feel bad that they're sharing that, and it's like, it's okay. Like, I, we yeah. don't know anything different than triplets, yeah. and you don't know anything else besides maybe your singleton, and so that's your story and your journey, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's it's what it is. Right. So mm-hmm. The context is different, right. but the emotions are the right. same. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. That's a good thing to know. And I like how you said you have to almost schedule it in. I think sometimes with motherhood, you you kind of have to schedule your self-care in. Right. You know, like, you do. I have to literally put it on my calendar oops, that at 1 o'clock, I am going to the gym. Exactly. <laughs> because otherwise, it might just not happen. And so, right. you know, scheduling it in is, like, one way it kind of mm-hmm. has to happen. Yeah. Sometimes. Right. And that's always... It just happens no. for us. It <laughs> has to be. It's always going to be busy. And I yeah. think that's one of the things that I realized as they, they got older, like, okay, if I'm going to take care of myself, this is what I need to do. It's going to be busy regardless, and we might need to, you know, call family to help us. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to, you know, have a healthy, um, you know, relationship with each other, we need Mm -hmm. to make sure that we we put it on the calendar. We Mm -hmm. have to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So maybe to close, what encouragement would you give to a NICU mama sitting in the NICU or recently out of the NICU? Mm -hmm. Maybe who has multiples or, you know, who's, I, I follow a few different NICU moms on face or Instagram that have twins or triplets and one is doing significantly better than mm-hmm. the other and one might be home and the other one is still in the hospital and right. you're in, I mean, you experience that. Right. Um, so what encouragement would you give to mamas of multiples in the NICU? I think you just need to go day by day and remembering that like I said, the boring days are the best days mm-hmm. and you sometimes find yourself comparing their stories, but remembering that they're each individuals and so they're each going to have a different, slightly different journey and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think writing things out is, is huge and because you'll go back on that to, to reflect. Nobody's journey is exactly the same, but there are people that can be there to support you because it's all uncharted. Your emotions are at a at a high and a low, your hormones are doing all sorts of crazy (laughs) things. Um, So just let somebody kind of walk with you. Um, 
no matter how similar your journeys are. Truly, that that has helped me, whether it's been Cassie, my husband, my family, my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, there are friends who will walk the journey with you, and there are friends who maybe you had before that won't ever understand it, and you just kind of need to let that go as yeah. well. Yeah. That's something I've really had to learn that's maybe been one of the harder things. Mm-hmm. Um, but just let those people walk with you that want to do it. Yeah. You guys are awesome. <laughs> when we did Ken or we did a, an episode with Amanda Hankel, I don't know if you listen her name is Mandy on that podcast, but Kendra and her were best friends and me and Martha just kinda watched them interact with each other. <laughs> and I feel that with you guys too. Yeah, I mean awesome. um, it's just amazing how you cheer her on, how you cheer her on. I mean, you need that. And right. I like how you said that the online friendships are great, they're valuable, mm-hmm. we need them. Um, but there's nothing like that face-to-face right. interaction. Oh, absolutely. And also, I think it's important to note that um, it's sometimes it's hard to receive help. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, um, you know, when peop- when fellow Nikki moms would say, you know, like, even when Martha asked me, do you want to get coffee? There mm-hmm. was a part of me that was like, I don't know if I want to get coffee. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if I want to... Mm-hmm allow myself to make a new friend or to receive help and it takes that extra step to be like I need that and Mm -hmm. so the fact that you received the help that you gave it that you can now give it to each other Mm -hmm. is really that's huge it's huge so anyways we again are obsessed with you guys (laughs) (laughs) we will be in the trunk of your car (laughs) Um, well we all have minivans so let's go I can't wait some down sometime down the line to meet all of your kiddos. Yes. Someday we'll have to have a Dear Nikki Mama play date yes. in Grand Forks. We're in gonna Grand have Forks. to have Grand Forks. Yes. I mean, we it's have the majority the of the kids. So yeah, you do. So you do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I love it. Well, guys, thank you so much yes, for first of all driving here to do this, taking the time. Um, I just know that it will be valuable for um, other mamas of multiples and also just insightful. I learned so much today. Um, And so thank you guys for sharing your stories and we will continue to creep you on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) But we will link in the show notes for any moms listening um, some of their Facebook groups that they have found helpful, maybe some resources that they have found helpful. And we'll also link um, that private Facebook group so that if anybody wanted to reach out to you guys, they know who you are. So, right, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you, mamas, for listening. We hope this episode blessed you today, and we will talk with you guys next time. Yeah. If you love this podcast and would like to hear more amazing stories, please consider becoming a member of the Dear NICU Mama Patreon page. In addition to special merchandise and early access to content, Patreon members support the mission, programs, and services of Dear NICU Mama. You can find the link on the description of this episode. As always, if you'd like to hear more from Dear NICU Mama, click subscribe. Welcome to the sisterhood.